Uh, some Bibles are going to be coming around. Uh, we're going to be looking at Psalm 22. And I would love for you, uh, when the Bibles come to you, to start opening up to Psalm 22. Psalm 22 is on page 381 of, your, of the Bibles that are being handed out. And you might have to share. Um, so yeah, please grab out those Bibles. They're going to be really helpful for you all. Do you guys remember, um, shh, just while the Bible's being handed out, just be quiet for me. Do you guys remember when, um, when you were little, you would go to the shops with your parents and it was like the most exciting thing in the whole world? Was that just me? So I remember as a kid, just getting so excited when I could go to Big W with my mum, right? I got to wander around looking at all the Nerf guns, looking at all the footballs. Back then when I was little, MP3 players were coming out and they were like at the forefront. Okay, this will show you how old I am. I had a Walkman and that was like, do you guys know what a Walkman is? Yeah, I know. This little like tape thing that you walk around. I think that was pretty outdated even for me. I also, I had a Discman later. So Discman was like, uh, yeah, Walkman was like a big, it was like that big, right? It was huge. And it would go there, it was like you put a tape in it, and then I got a Discman, which you put a CD in, that was like, like here I am, Mark Zuckerberg or something with my Discman. Um, so I remember going to the shops, wandering around looking at all the awesome stuff, um, and I would just get so entranced uh, in the stuff that I would completely forget what was around me. The only thing that mattered in that moment is that one Nerf gun that shoots get this right, shoots Nerf bullets, yeah, right, it shoots water to super soaker, yeah, and drum roll please, it also shoots discs, whoa, I remember, I remember, I'm like, oh my goodness, what kind of rich person would own one of these guns, so I'd be in Big W, looking at these guns, it'd be like amazing, and then I look up, you know, expecting to see my mum there, and my mum is nowhere to be seen. Mum has vanished, right? She's gone. And I would just start freaking out. Like, two seconds later, uh, before, the Nerf gun, best thing ever. Like, I'd be like, Nerf gun can be my parent. That's okay. But then you look up, parents not there, and you freak out, right? And as a kid, it is so terrifying to lose your parents. It's so terrifying to lose your parents because you're like, didn't have a phone, Right? How am I going to find them? What if they've just left me? I remember thinking back then, how am I going to uh, sleep for the rest of my life in Big W? It's not even Ikea. There's no beds in here. What am I going to do? Not even food. It's not even Woolies, right? You'd freak out and you feel in that moment, you feel so helpless, so alone, so useless and scared when you can't find your parents. Have you guys experienced this at the shopping center when you were little? Yeah? Okay. It's not just me. That's good. And when we were lost in that shopping center without our parents, we would like scream, yell, we'd cry out for our parents. We want our parents to come and rescue us in that moment. And I think what we felt like in that moment as little kids in the shopping center is a little bit like what David is feeling like in this psalm when he is writing it. He is so alone. He doesn't know what to do. He thinks no one cares about him. And he's crying out to God to help him. 
he feels so isolated, so alone. So if you've got your Bibles open, I'd love to look at verse 1 of Psalm 22. David says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. David is so low right now. He is so lonely. He feels like no one cares about his suffering. In verse 6, he says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. David's so low right now. He goes on a little bait later. I can't remember exactly what verse it is. Um, if you're looking... Uh, verse 12, looking there. David says, Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan. Now, Bashan was a, a space where there was lots of fields, so the bulls are really strong, right? Big bulls. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear, they pray, tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for them. Right? David is really low right now. I think his suffering can probably be summed up in verse 11. Uh, it says, Do not be far from me. For trouble is near, and there is no one to help. He's so alone right now. Now, what do you do when you feel um, like you're in this pit of despair like David? What will you do if you haven't found yourself there? Sometime in your life, you're going to be really low. What are you going to do about it? Maybe people are bullying you. They want to hurt you. Maybe you've had a family member or a close friend die, which if that hasn't happened already, it will happen sometime in your life. What are you going to do? I think it's really important that we look at what David does, because I think that it'll be really good for us to see what David does, because then we might be able to copy what he does, because it's really good stuff. When David is hurting, firstly, David cries out to God. He doesn't ignore God. David talks to God about what's going on. That's first. But I think what is actually more important than that, even, is that when David's in distress, as he cries out to God, he also remembers who God is and what God is like. He remembers what God is like and who God is. So please have this psalm open in front of you and kind of trying to follow on. Um, in this psalm, we can see a, a pattern up to verse 22 that David has, where at first uh, he'll, he'll say what's going wrong, all right? What is all the stuff that's going wrong? Why is he hurting? And then he'll come to a realization. He'll remember who God is. So right at the beginning, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? And then he goes on as well in verse 2. But then in verse 3, he has a turnaround. If you look in your Bible in verse 3, you can see what happens. He says, Yet. 
But I remember something. Yet you are, God is enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, in God, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. David remembers who God is like. And we see that again, right? In verse 6, if you're following on, he says, David says, But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. He goes on and on about all these bad things happening, all the way up to verse 9. And you see it again. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. David remembers what God is like. So I want to give you guys a suggestion. Do what David is doing. When you find yourself in despair, in hopelessness, firstly, cry out to God, talk to him. He cares about you. And secondly, remember who God is. We know that God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is enthroned on high. God is the king of the world. God can be trusted. God will not disappoint us. Remember who God is, what he is like in your suffering, like David does. Now, if we do that, like David does, I think that will lead to a shift in our attitude. Remember who God is like, what God is like. We'll remember who God is, and then we'll have a shift in our attitude. And you can see that, that David has this as well. So if you look at verse 22, David um, shifts in this psalm. He goes from talking about things that are suffering to what God is like. And from verse 22, he just praises God. All out, he just praises God. Now, I want, I'm just going to read out this second section of the psalm from verse 22. And what I want you to do when I say, I want you to close your eyes, turn off your phones, and I want you to listen to what David is saying. David is praising God. And I want you to think about how you might be able to praise God in your suffering when you remember what God is like. So phones away, close your eyes, and I'll read it out. I'll let you know when you can open your eyes again. David says this from verse 22. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry from help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly, Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve them. him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. God has done it. All right, you can open your eyes again now. So we see there, David is just praising God. And he's, really, he's in this really, really big time of suffering, but he remembers who God is and he praises God. And I think we can do that as well when we're suffering. Now, we're going to move to the second part now of this talk. Please keep the passage open. Um, 
If you've been around church or around youth group for a while, you might recognize those words right at the beginning of this psalm. Uh, you might think, what, I've heard that somewhere. Where is that from? The, the, right at the beginning, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you would recognize this, firstly, if you've read Psalm 22 before, which is awesome, but also because these are the words that Jesus says when he is being crucified, when he's dying on the cross for our sins. So God was using David when he was writing this psalm to prophesy, to tell the future about what was going to happen to Jesus. This psalm, Psalm 22, was written about a thousand years before Jesus died. But it talks about some of the things that happened to him a thousand years before. So I'm just going to go through some of those things now, see if you can spot them in the passage. In Psalm 22, David says that people are mocking him. They hurl insults at him. They say to David, let the Lord rescue him. And this is exactly the same as what happens to Jesus. They mock him. They tell Jesus to save himself. They encircle him. They insult him. In the psalm, David says that his feet and his hands were pierced. And this is exactly what happens to Jesus as he was nailed to the cross. David says that they divide his clothing by gambling, by casting lots, and this is exactly what happens to Jesus. The guards gamble and divide his clothing. So this psalm, first, like we got before, it can teach us about what to do when we are broken, when we are in despair, but it also points towards Jesus, the ultimate example of someone who was in despair, who was lonely, at the cross. And guys, tonight, if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't repented from your sins, then you are also in a situation much worse than David was. You are living in separation, you are living in isolation from God, and actually your soul is dead. And when you die, you won't get to be with God if you don't know Jesus. There's good news though, right? God has a rescue plan through Jesus and God wants to raise dead souls to life again through Jesus' suffering and through his death on the cross. So if you haven't accepted Jesus, you need to accept Jesus in your heart to be brought to life again. Uh, Romans 10.9, this is a book in the New Testament written by a guy called Paul, who you might recognize. Uh, he says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God wants us to live for him, to love him, for God to just be the whole focus of our lives. So if tonight you know that you haven't accepted Jesus, if you aren't living God's way, if you're in a place way worse than David was because of your sin, then you need to do what David does in this psalm. If you aren't living God's way, you need to find a quiet place. You need to cry out to God. You need to talk to God. You need to say, sorry, God, for your sins. And God will forgive you. And God will bring your soul back to life. And then after that, what you need to do is keep following Jesus every day of your life. Keep falling in love with Jesus more, finding more about him. Keep talking to him. So firstly, we need to remember who God is in our suffering. He's all-powerful, he's mighty and perfect. 
we can trust him and he cares for us. And also, we need to remember who Jesus is. We need to know that Jesus suffered for us and because of his sacrifice, we can have our souls brought to life. Let me pray to finish. Uh, Father, we thank you um, that you are a God who uh, just cares so much about us. And yes, you are huge, you are massive, you are perfect, but you also love us, you care for us, you care about what's happening in our lives. And God, I also thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you didn't leave our souls just to be dead. You've made a way so that we can be with you. And I pray, Lord, that you will move um, in this building through all these uh, youth here, Lord, and that you will move then to repent to you, Lord, and that you will save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.